Okay, there are copies in the front table. Maybe you can help yourself. Anybody have a copy? Okay, as you see in your copies, you don't have, but maybe put some in the back. As we should be doing, we'll be learning a lot of Musa and Ashkafa over the uh, next few weeks. Um, obviously do all year round, but uh, for Yom Narayim, I saved the uh, heavier material. What you have in front of you is the Igeris Hagra. I warn you, this is not for the faint of heart. This is uh, something and that's a compliment, I guess. We can all handle it. Uh, the Igeris Hagra, interestingly enough, was written to his Rebetzin and his children and his mother. So you would think it would be a little bit lighter. I can imagine what he would have written to the, uh, to the men of the Kehillah. But... Uh, it's uh, extremely serious, extremely hard-hitting, and um, very much the coffee I think we all need for the wake-up call, especially as we go into Slichus. So we're not going to finish it now, obviously. We'll continue Mitzvah Shem over uh, Rosh Hashanah. Uh, the context over here, as you all know, the Vilna Gain made a very strong attempt to leave Terry Tisrael. It was not possible in those days to bring his family. He was hoping that if he would make it, he would then be able to bring them over. Uh, he never made it. He wrote this letter after he left to give Musa and Adrocha to his Mishpacha. He never made it. One day, a long time later, he just showed up in Vilna and they asked him what happened. He never told anybody. All the things you see in Tzvarm about why he aborted the mission is conjecture. Uh, very fascinating uh, theories, but not for now. You remind me, we'll get to it later in a shear. Each one is a separate shear, but for now it's about, uh, the guesswork and why. But that's not important for now. What is important is what he felt is the necessary message for his mishpacha. These are the people he cared about the most. There's his mother, his wife, his children. And when you care about people a lot, you tell them the emes. You don't mince words. And you don't beat around the bush. I don't know if the Voligain meant this to become the public document for Klyasol that it became, but as Providence would have it, it did. And it's good for us, and I uh, have a feeling the Gain certainly wouldn't mind 
because he doesn't take back anything he says here. Uh, he spoke to EMS because the people listening uh, trusted him, and we as his Talmidim certainly trusted as well. That is the historical backdrop over here. No, he wrote it on, it sounds like he wrote it uh, during his travels. It sounds like he sent it back afterwards. Um, you'll see from the context that that's pretty obvious, even from the opening paragraph. Starts off, Basi Levakesh Mitzchem Shalatasara Klal Klal. Kamashev Tichali Amitis. You promised that you wouldn't worry about me? I'm asking that you not have Tsar. And keep in mind, traveling in the old days was no picnic. And the going had to go from city to city, port to port. Uh, without the amenities of home, not that he had too many amenities when he was home, but whatever he had there, he had even less, and it was dangerous. It was dangerous, it was extremely uncomfortable, entailed a lot of mysterious nefesh, and you could be sure that his mother heard about the idea, like any good Jewish mother, she was nervous and upset and worried, and they had a conversation before they left, and uh, he hoped to convince them that he's going to be fine, not to worry about it. And he, The opening line of the year See the incredible sensitivity. The shtarkite the, the of the entire letter jumps off the page. The sensitivity is, is in between. So he says, you, um, I'm coming to ask that you promise not to be a mitzahar for me. as you have promised me. Don't worry. And he gives, the, the opening paragraph already blows you away. In the old days, if you had a, uh, to be a successful businessman, to bring in a, a successful panasa, you often had to travel. Traveling entailed months and months, often years away. It was not an uncommon thing that the breadwinner of the home would leave and uh, often never come back because he didn't survive the experience. Or if he'd come back, he'd come back uh, months or years later. Sometimes empty-handed, sometimes a lot of money. See, he said that there are many people who leave their families for many years, for money. They leave their wives, their children. When they travel, they don't fare any better than I do. Uh, travel was a travel in the old days, and uh, they didn't have ocean liners. So I consider myself more fortunate than those who have to travel for Panasar. Number one, I'm going to Yisrael. Yisrael is the place that everybody looks forward to going to. You can see the Goyim's uh, vision and theory on Eretz Yisrael. It's no wonder the Tamidi Hagra were the first ones who went to the modern times. And again, with incredible mysterious nefesh, there was nothing deep there. And I'm going and I'm healthy. It's relatively peaceful, Baruch Hashem. Gamat Yadas. The two things most dear to me, uh, my children and my sperm. And I felt it was worth it to go to Yisrael and leave all this behind. Why did I do this? He's going to quote liberally in his first parak. Um, Kahelis, as you can imagine. Um, Kahelis is read Sukkis because the time when people rake in the Gashmias, that's the time everybody cashed in on their Parnasa. So the time people can get drunk with the uh, Nyani Gashmias. But the Maisa, Kahelis is uh, a must read before Shayim Kippur as well, as the Gain will uh, quote in this first page. And um, 
his point to his family is that, yes, uh, it's very uncomfortable, and yes, I don't have any money, and yes, it's a very difficult trip, but uh, if we're here for Kedusha, and I feel the place to get it is in Israel, and I hope, as he will end off the letter, to bring you there as well, then all this is very worth it. You just got to keep your focus on what's important in life. And he tells them, remember, the guy didn't have any money when he was there, certainly don't have any more money after he left. And he warns them not to be makana with the people who have more. I can't imagine how wealthy the wealthiest person in Vilna was, but uh, compared to the guy's household, uh, it was wealthy. It's something you all got to daven for. Uh, especially today, Baruch Hashem, we have uh, relatively more panasa than ever in the history of Klai Yisrael, since the time of Shlom HaMelech. And you have to daven that it shouldn't be a kiyam of Oisha Shem Rasa that it gets you in trouble. Rashi over there, Kehelis, if you remember, says this pasuk goes on Kairach. It's not just Kairach. The prime example was Kairach. That the money went to his head and he became a Baal Obviously, Hashem loves me. Look how much money I have. And because of his Gaiva, which he spoke about this afternoon, he ended up getting himself into deep trouble because he thought that since he had money, he could throw his opinions around and got him into deep trouble, literally and figuratively. Very deep. He's still there. Adi Yamazev. Rashi says that's the reference to this Pasik, but this Pasik, Pasik speaks to everybody who is successful in any area of Gashmias. It could be a tremendous bracha if you use it correctly, and it can be tremendously dangerous. Both Mitzad the Gaiva and Mitzad the time wasting factor. Same set of clothes or lack thereof you had when you came out, that's what you go back with. As I said, this is not for the faint of heart, uh, but either is Kahelis. This is all the Amelis you have in any area of Gashmias is totally worthless after a very short life, except for the money spent on Stokka, Mitzvahs, Maisim, Tevim. And if you live a thousand years twice and you enjoy yourself, which is a big if, doesn't add up to much. Everybody goes to the same place anyway. There's many years you can have an enjoyment. The Yemei HaCheshet are much more numerous if the years aren't spent stocking up in the schar to have an Elam Habba. Simcha mazo oisik ki macha tifke me'ashar yom tishak. Very powerful line. Macha tifke me'ashar yom tishak is a line that means many things, but one of the things it means is that we don't really know what's good for us. Sometimes we're very happy and then we find out later that it wasn't so good for us, and sometimes we're very sad and find out later it was a tremendous bracha. So number one, altakane ba'esher. Number two, altakane be'kavad ha'maduma. Don't worry, don't run after covet. And you have to look at life as a scale, and as each day goes by, each hour goes by, the scale keeps getting tipped in the other direction. More gashmis you have, the more you want. So it's uh, as soon as you upgrade in any luxury, any area of gashmis, so sooner or later, a day later, a week later, a month later, a year later, that becomes the standard, and then the Yetzirah has it that automatically they want more. So if you ever try to drink Maya Malukum, which hopefully you haven't done, uh, you just get thirstier and thirstier. You feel like you're swallowing something, you just get thirstier and thirstier. 
So the guy is talking, you'll say, well, the guy has to say this because his family has nothing. Uh, that's true. They had no Gashmias to uh, speak of, but that was done by Mezid and Miskavit. Uh, the guy was, um, <coughs> I don't have direct agents from the guy, and I just, what we do, we have Mukhaim Velozhna. But I'll give you an example from Abchaim. I'm not uh, comparing the two. The guy is probably uh, considered greater. Uh, there, was, he, there was one Talmud who learned, only one, uh, who learned in Velozhna, under Abchaim. And learned by Einstein. Not Einstein. Um, not Einstein. Who was the other? Who uh, could have been Einstein? Um, it was another famous. Uh, I forget who it was. What? Could it have been? What? Yeah, I think they're different times. Okay, somebody, somebody done it to Einstein. I remember the name. I thought it was Einstein. I'm thinking now it doesn't, uh, doesn't fit with the years. What? Okay. You heard the story? You know this place? Okay. Anyway, they asked him, well, one of the most brilliant secular minds of the time, uh, and they asked him, uh, he was the only guy who learned by both. And he asked him, they asked him who was smarter. This is after he went off the dirt. Uh, Baruch Hashem, who was an Eish Lohav, he didn't have an axe to grind. And he said that it's uh, like comparing an ant to an elephant in Mabchaim's favor. So we're talking about, talking about the Vilna Gain. He could have um, done anything in any secular field that he wanted. He's a genius in mathematics, and he could have done it. He started studying medicine. His father told him to cut it out when he was a young boy because uh, his father knew what he was, and he said, if you study this, you're going to be the best in the world, and they're not going to leave you alone day and night. I'll never get any learning done. Uh, so uh, one shouldn't think for a moment, not that anybody here thought that, one should think for a moment that the guy in had a life of poverty because he was sitting and learning all his life, and what can you do? That's what he was cut out to do. Uh, that's what he chose to do. He could have uh, picked anything else and become a Gvir Adir. And um, the reason he didn't choose that, I'm not saying this for everybody. Uh, I, I will, I will uh, it's not for me to temper the Igeris Agro. We're going to get to certain parts. We're going to have to speak whose Madrega is this. But right now, the guy is talking to his Rebetzin, who I'm sure was a far greater Madrega than anybody, anybody here, possibly. Uh, but Lamaisa, He's quoted Kahelis. Shlomo Amal didn't write Kahelis for Lamed Vavniks. He wrote it for all of us. Which means that no matter what you're doing in life, whatever Shabbos you have to do, Panasa, that's fine and that's even a mitzvah. But the understanding, the pursuit of Taivas, the pursuit of Gashmias, if you chazer over Kahelis, the Gerasak Rah is more powerful because it's written in our Signon in terms of uh, being able to relate to it perhaps. And uh, that's why he's writing the letter and not just telling him to read Kahelis. But his point is, is that if you start looking at others who have more and it becomes a race, it becomes a uh, rat race, and you forget that uh, all of this is totally irrelevant, and all these that are relevant, the more you drink of it, the more you want. And Eno Dameitz Bechatsi Tavaso. So these are um, interesting things to comment on in America. Slightly even more interesting in Wesley Hills. But Lamaisa, uh, the fact is that the people, the people sitting here, are in a situation which is tricky. Because on the one hand, Baruch Hashem, many people have what to offer in terms of help for others. And I'll remind you of that when we make an appeal. On the other hand, 
it becomes a very, very difficult decision, a decision that comes up almost every day. Where do you cut? What's extra? What's extra that's needed? What's extra that is needed based on the circumstances? And what's just making me drink salty water to have to generate more funds to create more luxuries and I have less time to learn? That's basically what it boils down to for a man. And the Chavetz Chaim, again, this is the story, is not Lafi Madrig Asenu, but the, the lesson is Chavetz uh, Chaim was once visibly upset when he saw that his daughter got a leather bound sitter, which is standard today, I think, for every bas mitzvah girl. And uh, his daughter, who was married to a guy who was sitting and learning, uh, received it as a present from her husband. And the Chavetz Chaim was uh, so upset, he wasn't upset at her. Just upset, he says, that's like wrapping a sitter in Dape Gemara. So she didn't know what he was talking about at first. Wrap it Dape Gemara. There's a leather Bible. We never take Dape Gemara and wrap a sitter. He said, somebody paid for that. And somebody paid for that with money they had to earn. And somebody spent time earning that money when he could have been learning. And therefore, that's like taking a sitter and wrapping it in a Dape Gemara. Okay, so we're not holding by not buying leather-bound sitter. If that was our biggest expenditure, we'd be in good shape. <coughs> Malaysia, uh, but I guess the Madrega might not be uh, something we have direct shaykhs to, but Malaysia, the, uh, the lesson is just something repeated from Kehelis. Shalom Elf saying that. If it's a kol hevel and you have to now, and there's a mitzvah to generate funds to support your family, the question really, and this is a question we have to think about over the next couple of weeks, is when we make a din v'cheshman. Din v'cheshman is uh, how much stock did we give, how much could we give, how much do we still have to give. And after you finish the cheshman of giving chaymish, then we have to make a cheshman. Why was there not more of the chaymish in the pot? That's part of the cheshman also. Cheshman, the first question you got to make, did you give the chaymish? If you didn't give Chaymish, you rely on the Bidyevich Shita of Meiser, which the Machabah says is Bidyevich, the Chathila is Chaymish. The Chathila, like getting an ISS, because the Chathila, the Mitzvah is Taka, the Chathila is 20%, and Bidyevich is 10%. And uh, then we have to, after you make that question, you have to think, well, how do we get the 20%? 20% is off of what I made. Did I have a lot of excess money, which is not a get to a lot of people, but it is not a get to some people? Did I have excess money that I could have given even more? Remember, there's no cap of 20%. On giving to yeshivas in Kailan. There's no cap of 20% on Pigeon Shvuyim. There's no cap of 20% on Yisach Hazvolim. No, Chafetz uh, Chaim has many, many coolers in the cap of 20%. Uh, you'll say, why am I discussing cap of 20%? Let's discuss everybody giving Maisa. That, that you know already. I'm just trying to repeat the Machaber that's not well known. It's a fairish Machaber. It's the first Machaber in Ochstaka. That the Chief stock is 20%, the Bidyevit is 10%. And a lot of people can't even handle the 10%. Okay, if it doesn't fit to the budget, it doesn't fit to the budget. But you got to figure out why it's not fitting in the budget. you got to figure out, well, where did the rest of the money go? And look at, you can get from most banks, you get a very detailed statement of credit card bills. And they do your favor at the end of the year, at least Chase does, and they divide it up into different categories, leisure, travel, furnishing, home. You can look in one, they give it to you in a pie chart if you want. You look at one thing, and you can look at it midway through the year, I think, also, and see where it's all going. Most men, for Shalom Bayes purposes, try not to look at credit card bills at all, which is uh, school. Uh, I think that's not a bad idea. But for your own uh, life, you've got to know, where is the rest of that money? If I'm not meeting my master obligations, where's the rest of the money going? If I'm not meeting my chemish obligations, where's the rest of the money going? And if I'm meeting it, then where's the rest of the money going? 
And the Gra says, otherwise the money chasashon, the shamal of the raw, and you you really can't uh, defend it, Esra. If the money is there. In Europe they never had this problem. Europe they didn't have what to eat, so they didn't couldn't make Khashbaris but uh, in America, I think in many situations, the case is very different. I don't want to start this late. We will miss Hashem continue this over the Yom and Aram.